up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, organizing my opulent collection of capes, I'm Robert Denfeld. So in this episode, we're going to discuss Solo, a Star Wars story. We're going to recap my experience seeing Hamilton. Yes, Hamilton. Dang. The Broadway <laughs> musical. And we're going to review ASAP Rocky's new LP, Testing. Yeah. But first, let's talk about our boy, Pusha T, and his new album, Daytona. Yeah. Seven tracks. Let's do I, I love the seven track album. <laughs> right. So, it's 21 minutes long. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Love it. I've spend more time on a toilet than <laughs> right in a city on average yeah. um so i i'll just say to preface like we kind of grew up listening to clips uh yeah which were the original duo pusher was one half of they're from uh-huh. the va area uh-huh. i would say plenty of their songs uh elevated our house parties in college right i want to say like clips is like responsible for like 15 percent of the fun we had at our house parties <laughs> yeah totally yeah and lord uh, willen yeah. is one of my all-time favorite rap albums their mm-hmm. their debut album push a t in malice so daytona this is push's third studio album as a solo rapper and mm-hmm. i have to say i think this is my favorite hip-hop album since damn Okay. Which I know nice. not that long ago, but I would say yeah. in about a year. I mean, yeah. it came out in April of last year. Um, as you mentioned, just seven tracks, clocking a little over 20 minutes. I mean, this uh-huh. is a lean piece <laughs> of work. It's tight. And they, yeah, in more ways than one. And they could right. have made this a, you know, 20-song album. I, I heard Push in an interview say they had mountains of material. Oh, really? But Kanye West, who produced the entire album, yeah. pushed to really chop it down to just seven. Oh. And, you know, I, I want to also mention the songs themselves are are very short. All yeah, are they are. All are less than three and a half minutes, uh-huh. which is extremely rare in kind of the hip-hop genre. Yeah. Um, but Not yeah. to have one that's kind of extended with like a little, you know, sample bit. And yeah, they're just all really tight and contained. Mm-hmm. So Pusha T, I think he is one of those MCs who was like put on this earth to just rap over hip hop beats. Like yeah. that's it. like God, God created Pusha T. Great I believe rap his name's voice. Like Terrence Will. Or what's I forget his full name off the top of my head. But he was made. God molded him to to do what he does on this album, Daytona. I mean, I think he'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, Pusha, you maybe <laughs> right. are. Yeah, I'm giving you high praise. So the combination of just his tone, his voice, which I think mm-hmm. you just mentioned, the flow, just really naturally gifted. Yeah. I think he's so distinct in the way he sounds. I mean, I don't think you Definitely. mistake him for anyone else. Right. You Always when sound, his when you hear his voice, it's just like it penetrates the beat and has just this way about it that it's so recognizable instantly, like you said, and. Yeah, it, it's just his his flow and voice combination is just so, uh, you know, unique to him himself, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's instantly recognizable. Yeah, and he just always sounds so confident and like hungry. Yeah. on the mic, and you know, another thing too that I think really crystallized for me um, mm-hmm. on Daytona is just he articulates and enunciates his words like so clearly. Right, it's just. You can hear every word, you know, some rappers, especially, you know, kind of this mumble rap, uh-huh. like, what is he saying? Like, yeah, you're like, like, what did he just say there? Yeah. is like on the dot and you know exactly what he's saying. Uh-huh. And it, I also kind of realized like, he's not, you know, like, a f- I don't know the better way to just, for lack of a better term, like fast rapper. Like he's mm. not someone who's like 
going, you know, a mile a minute and is right. like doing these like so it's more, you know, he kind of takes his time. He stays in his lane, but he yeah. dominates that lane. Right. Hey, I, my one criticism of the album, I really enjoy this album too. It's great. Um my initial listen, uh I wasn't as sort of enamored as I think as you were on your first listen, but mm, I you was know, enamored. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 21 <laughs> minutes long, so I think I've probably listened to the whole album like I don't know, five or six times all the way through now. And it's really grown on me and I, I really enjoy it, especially like the length we keep mentioning is just, it's just cool. You know, it's like, uh, you know, hopping to the grocery store or whatever you listen to the entire album, you know, once or twice. So (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's cool in that way. But my one criticism I was going to say is just sort of, um, initially it didn't sound new or different from Pusha. And I, I was kind of like, hoping maybe to hear something different but then i realized like that's just his style and yeah you know he is who he is like he's not gonna be super experimental right um you know he's very like stays in his lane and but the beats on this album you mentioned kanye west made all the beats they are they're really the highlight to me and and Mm -hmm. uh just the way that he flows on the beats uh just makes it like extremely re-listenable and uh just really pleasurable i would say yeah, no, that's a good point. I wouldn't call this album innovative in most right. ways, but but that's just who he is. It is just an example yeah. of a rapper like having being very sure of like what he does best at, and then just uh-huh. kind of maximizing that yeah. and being paired with like a great producer who really knows how to bring out the, the best, be- like knows yeah. the best beats for Pusha's flow. Totally, um, totally. I love you know the trademark uh, yeah. Yes, I was gonna say that, that was probably too. an awful impression, but yeah. like that's just like yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's great. I, I know it yeah. sounded exactly like Pusha there, but <laughs> you know it's just it's like on Daytona and you know just kind of like his his style. It's just like uh-huh. kind of like nihilistic, like mean rap, and yeah. you know I just when you th- when you think about hip hop as like just a sonic medium, it just I mm. I don't think it gets much better than than Pusha at times um, yeah. lyrically. You know, we haven't really touched on it. Is you know, obviously, given his background on the streets and being a drug dealer, like I mean, sure. it's a lot about <laughs> cocaine. That upbringing, it's <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people, yeah, refer to it as like it's coke cocaine rap. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's in you know, he doesn't shy away from right. His name's Pusha, <laughs> right? In 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 all kinds of ways, and it's yeah. obviously a world we don't know much about. Right. But it's still like he does a great job of like evoking imagery, yeah, kind of taking you inside that world he grew up in. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, just kind of all these traits that I think we've been mentioning, I just think have never been more laser focused than uh-huh. they are on Daytona. It was recorded entirely in, in, in Jackson, Wyoming, in Utah. Right. That's where like Kanye has been working on all these new projects. Right. Kind of His commune. The full. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, you know, yeah, the production, as you mentioned, is, is awesome. You know, uh-huh. Kanye is really tapping into kind of what made him huge in the first place really like yeah. bringing back like soul samples there's a lot of like guitar and piano there's parts that remind me of college dropout uh-huh. i think um you know i was actually getting some like wu-tang vibes on some mm. of the production yeah i don't know if you were you were getting those yeah yeah totally there's a lot of samples i mean if you if you look at the wikipedia page of this album it's like every beat has some sort of sample and you know kanye is known for that and going deep on mm-hmm. some you know different things that you wouldn't necessarily uh come to mind when you think about hip-hop he incorporates into his beats and that's what makes them so unique and stand out and creates this sort of like uh lasting sound that uh you know no one else seems to be able to replicate um 
I would love to see some footage of Kanye like playing some of these beats for Pusha in the studio oh, and yeah. just like him like explaining what his thought process is for the song and it's like you're gonna be like this and this is like who you are you know that <laughs> right, right, I right. just you know I think of like the Jay-Z documentary Fade to Black where Kanye mm-hmm. like plays the oh, beat plays for like Jay-Z Lucifer, Lucifer yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just I, I love watching that kind of behind the scenes stuff and especially oh, yeah. with Kanye's like uh, current mind state I, I'm sure he's just like <laughs> super manic right now so right uh, right oh yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah, yeah it'd be fun to watch another way yeah so having kind of Kanye's vision throughout every track on you know the entire album i think really elevates it and uh-huh. i also want to mention the album artwork which yeah i believe happened last minute where kanye paid eighty five thousand dollars to license this photo of whitney houston's drug riddled bathroom oh wow um, i didn't realize it was gonna it be was. Yeah, yeah. It, it was originally going to be kind of this cool but slightly generic like album art of just like Pusha and this like pose with you know some some ice on and you know things like that. But I, sure. I, I, it was kind of this decision where like and Kanye, I think just like fronted like this eighty five k and was just like this is your huh. album cover and I think it gives wow. it like I don't know it's pretty striking imagery. Yeah, um, it does. So stand I, out. yeah, I, I'm a fan of that decision so yeah just quickly what are, some, um, what are some of your favorite tracks on here or like favorite moments i mean yeah. the, literally we've been saying it's 21 minutes long so you can like what's your favorite like <laughs> minute of the album you know yeah so i think the opener if you know you know is uh-huh. definitely strong i love kind of the the chord changes um mm-hmm. when those keys really like come in i think it's just kind of like unexpected yeah. and when they cut out and it's just like those drums and like that sample in the uh-huh. background it's just uh-huh. like Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. this, you know, yeah, it's totally. just like, yeah. Um, I think Games We Play, which is the next track, yeah. um, that is probably the most impressive display of Push's rapping on this mm. album. He just okay. goes like in, there's like this guitar note that like bends at times where it's uh-huh. like, oh, I mean, it's just like, yeah. it makes, ugh. yeah, it's just, it's just nasty. I don't know. Yeah, I when he says it. a line that's like a little too nasty, does that noise for people right, that right. don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the album is just, it's really seamlessly like sequenced. There's these like transitions from like the track Comeback Baby to Santa Rhea, what yeah. would Meek do to Infrared that are just like blend i mean obviously separate songs but blend into yeah. one another and make yeah it they really, really feel do like a whole you know cohesive piece of work totally and there's a couple features um besides the samples which are pretty uh you know out there and sporadic uh i'm not going to mention all of them but rick ross has a verse on i think the third song and then kanye west has a verse on the second to last song uh what would meek yeah, do what would meek, yeah yeah so I, my favorite, I think, verse or moment or minute of this album is the, like, last minute of Santeria. The beat kind of, mm-hmm. like, gets lower and, like, slows down a little bit and, and pushes flow on that that part. Just, like, I don't know, just, it's really, really gets me going, gets my head bobbing. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's think, probably um, my favorite part of the album. And then I really like Infrared. The last track yeah. um, is really great. I think, yeah, that, like, the sample in that of, like, the uh-huh. person, like, singing, like, infrared, you know, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, it's just, it's really dope, and <laughs> the choice to really not bring in drums until kind of the outro of the song, it's just kind uh-huh. of this bass line and sample, um, and some, like, you know, some bass drum, but it's not, like, a full percussive set, yeah. I think is interesting, um, uh-huh. yeah, and I think that gives us a nice segue, we, we would be remiss not to mention what's, what's kind of happening in the, the beef world, 
with yeah. uh, him and Drake. <laughs> Memorial Day I know, weekend was Rob, full of you beef at talk. first. <laughs> I I texted you like, yeah, I mean, we we obviously got to talk about this beef, and you were like, right. you gave Do me we? some kind of like pithy, like, ugh, all right, yeah. fine, you know, like yeah. everyone's talking about it, so I guess, but I don't give a crap, you know. But I know. Well, you were saying more so like you're not necessarily I'm- a Drake fan right now. So, no, I'm not a huge I, I, fan of Drake. I mean, uh, I I get it. Like, I know why he's so big, and yeah, I just definitely. don't really like his music. I don't know how else that's to fair. describe it. You know, um, I I just never really bought into his sound mm. or like the message that he portrays, and he's really annoying at freaking Toronto <laughs> Raptors games. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. a, a rival of my we're Wizards fans, so you know, might, that's yeah, DC people. almost bullets or Wizards. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that just pisses me off when I see him there, and he's always like trying to incorporate himself into the game and like, right, chir- like chirping hey, at the refs. It's like relax, Drake. Up, man. Like, yeah, yeah right. you just paid two thousand dollars to be sitting there. Like, no one right, cares right. about you. Um, <laughs> I guess a bunch of people do, which is uh, annoying. But uh, yeah, so this beef, um, infrared was a track. Oh, I guess I mean it goes back years. I think it they does. Have, we don't need. They've to go sort of been the going whole... back. Yeah, yeah. But infrared on this album is. Let's was start like, with infrared. Yeah, yeah, right. That was where Pusha mentioned a few things about um, a ghostwriter named Quentin something. Uh, there's like a line at the beginning of infrared mm-hmm. mentioning that, and it's it you know there's rumors of uh, Drake having this ghostwriter that writes a lot of his best songs and work, and he you know pushes back on that and says that everybody kind of has the, you know collaborators and he's not the only one and like you know a lot of his stuff he writes himself and yada yada and so that's where it started and then yeah uh Drake released his song um what's it called Duppy Duppy the Freestyle Duppy Freestyle, freestyle. Yeah. right on SoundCloud which actually I think came out like the night the Friday night that uh Daytona dropped oh and yeah it was May kind 25th. of like a quick retort uh-huh. and it basically yeah tax push if we're kind of being a hypocrite particularly with like the ghost writing right uh barbs you know kind of saying kanye i mean kanye apparently did use drake as a ghost writer on life of pablo like drake's uh-huh. accredited songwriter on life of pablo kanye's right. 2016 album right he names pushes fiance virginia williams which kind of mm. i think is a very key moment in this because it kind of crossed the line into personal right goes personal and i think what uh, Pusha came back with this story of Adi Don mm-hmm. over the beat of story of OJ, which right. is of course off Jay Z's 444. Just a killer beat. I mean, yeah, that beat is just love it. Like, um, but One of my favorite songs last year. It you know when I listened to this story of Adi Don, this 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 comeback <laughs> that Pusha had, I was like by myself listening for. I had like a visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my. God. Jesus, like this is it's super personal. Like I, I mean, it is it is cutting deep into <laughs> yeah. It is like, like taking. Some a, I mean, really private stuff. <laughs> he says like, sir, it's a surgical summer. We're gonna yeah. peel back the layers slowly. Like yeah, this is, yeah. we're kind of like just getting started here, and Ugh. it's just yeah. He sounds like Pusha. Just sounds like disgusted that he even uh-huh. needs to like do this. Um, you know, it goes personal you know he talks about like his father leaving his you know mom when right. he was a young age this illegitimate son named adonis and uh-huh. the cover art of how he's of sort of track. like he's not not being a good father and an absentee uh you know yeah. absentee father and yeah it's it's just kind of this like it's kind of disgusting to me like I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not like, you know, this isn't Biggie and Tupac. Like, no one's going to get murdered. Out, right. You know, this, like, it's not, obviously, hip-hop beefs have, like, 
come you know even though there's been some prominent ones in the last you know five ten years they yeah they they were most personal in the 90s where people were like shot yeah a little more Um, like the gangster (laughs) rap era and east coast versus west coast thing it's not as serious like they're all rich they're all successful but they do still take digs at each other it's just it's a new era of rap and it's a different climate I think um, just to kind of wrap things up on on Pusha and this beef, like I, I just think it's pretty ballsy to like attack, you know, whatever you know Drake. Like, yeah, I kind of have a complicated yeah. relationship with him. I guess overall, I I do like his music, and there's some of his albums that I really enjoy, some mm. I don't. But sure. he is like factually the most successful hip hop artist of the decade. Maybe, yeah. I mean, one of the two or three most successful artists ever of yeah. this century. Oh, I mean, like yeah. really, just yeah. numbers wise and his fan base and. You know what Pusha says in this this diss track is just like it gets it's it almost reminded me of like the Eight Mile battle in a way where he was like uh, yeah. you know there's very obvious ways you can attack Drake uh-huh. but he I think like went around that and like uh-huh. uncovered these new ways and like I think really got under his skin and like I think Drake not that we're like in the room when he heard this or anything was kind of like oh damn I didn't think he was gonna like go this route you know yeah. and I think he's it's an interesting place in his career because Drake you know he he had he's on the defensive kind of more than he's ever been kind of like most people are on push aside right now in this before right. being like he's winning well and i think he's, simply his diss track is better so that yeah, yeah I mean, oh, it that's kind of where yeah people are yeah, siding, that's, but right right and you know drake he's dropping his next album called scorpion later and i'm June. sure there's gonna be a diss track yeah right and i would just be interesting to see how um how long this goes on you know maybe he I, I just, won't maybe he's just gonna be like i i'm sort of above this you know i don't need to put this on my album because you're so insignificant to me you know maybe i mean maybe yeah, as far as popular go that success route. goes they are on different i mean i'm a yeah push a fan but they you know it's there's no quite i mean drake it's, uh, the sky is blue and drake is more successful than sure. T. i mean it's just it's just the facts but i do like I, I don't know i think this is like a really effective yeah approach for pusha and he, there's like you know some like chinks in the armor you know in a way like yeah you kind of think drake is a little on i mean obviously he's an easy target to make fun of but he's still like because of his success he won that Meek Mill beef from a few years ago, he uh-huh. was like came out on top, but um, well, and I don't know. I think yeah, go ahead. I just want to say my last thought about it. Like, don't get me wrong. I do. There are some Drake songs that obviously are like bangers yeah, and classics, so and yeah, right. yeah. So like, I don't. I'm not like a full Drake hater, but he's not my favorite, and mm-hmm. I barely even like consider him a rapper in in a sense. Yeah, he's like he's a little more of like a hip hop or yeah, like R and B artist. Um. A lot of singing, but whatever. Um, and and then Pusha on the, is a sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. He he like you know makes a point of saying he never sings his hooks, and he's like he's just yeah. a pure rapper in the truest sense. And he's like this critical yeah. darling that like true hip hop heads are like obsessed with because he's just like that old school style. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're they're kind of like on different planes in terms of the hip hop realm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, yeah, kind of a tough comparison. And yeah, I guess like last thing, it just, when this beef went down, like over those like two or three days, mainly when these, these diss tracks were happening, mm-hmm. it just kind of reminded you like how much of a cultural driver, like a big rap beef can be. Like we yeah, were saying, like totally. this was kind of for like a whole day, like the top two trends on Twitter were like Drake and Push Owen is all about this. And it really, I mean, hip hop is at the center of culture. It's obviously the most culturally relevant genre of music right now. And it's like, yeah. I think when you get two, um, you know, big names in the space going at each other like this, like it makes headline and it really moves the cultural needle. Mm-hmm. I think like when, you know, at the end of the year, when they're like the big, you know, stories, especially like in music, like this one will be up there. Yeah. 
So we'll see how it unfolds in the summer. But um, yeah, Daytona, like I said, my favorite rap album since Damn. Highly nice. recommend. I'm sure if you're a rap fan, you've probably heard it a few times by yeah. now. But I, I just, I, I really love it. And yeah. um, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing it all summer long. Yeah, um, give it a few listens. Like I said, it grows on you. Yeah. Um, so let's, um, yeah, let's switch gears to another yeah. new release. I think it came out on the same day as Daytona. It did, May 25th, yeah. Friday, May 25th. Great day in rap history. Uh, <laughs> well, Friday, May 25th, 2018. Remember the day. Yeah. Um, so this other album I wanted to mention and talk about a little bit is the new third studio album from ASAP Rocky. And uh, it's his first album since At Long Last ASAP, which uh, came out May 25th, 2015. So, or it was actually leaked that day. So pretty much exactly three years to the day. Um, and then his first album was Long Live ASAP in January, 2013, which had a, a bunch of hits on it. Um, and so this third album is called Testing, and it's 15 tracks, a little different than Pusha's album. Right. Um, it's 52 minutes long, so over twice as long in length. Um, yeah. And it's this really experimental, uh, it, I mean, it's literally called Testing. I think he's, uh, he's just testing out different <laughs> flows, yeah. different styles, different sounds, different beat combinations. Um, it's, it's a really fascinating album. He almost... ASAP, um, he's a really interesting rapper. Like he's had, you almost like don't know ever recognize his voice because it, it just changes so much. Um, I don't know. He's just this really unique artist to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can never really like pin him down into one like category of hip hop. He just he tries things and he's had this like I don't know really interesting, fascinating career to me. Um, but yeah, I really really dig this album. Um, I just think it it goes in a lot of directions, and the first five songs, uh, the first five tracks on this album, got me so excited. I think I texted you that Friday night <laughs> yeah, after yeah, I had listened did. to yeah that. So I said, uh, Pusha's album really good, uh, ASAP's album great, possibly a classic, um, and that <laughs> yeah. was Lobbing that was after takes. only I listened to the first five songs on the album, <laughs> right. and the whole album's <laughs> classic, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and I think that is where it kind of peaks is those first five tracks. It goes uh, Distorted Records, ASAP Forever Remix, Tony Tone, uh, F Sleep. I, I don't want to say the word to get the explicit. <laughs> uh, and then Praise the Lord to Shine. I just, those five songs, like if you listen to those and you're not like intrigued, I guess you don't like ASAP Rocky. Because like, yeah. it's just. Praise the Lord. It's featuring yeah. Yeah, Skepta. That is in the pantheon of bangers in 2018. Totally, I would say, along it's with, a dance track. You know, X and yeah, I just I, I love in that song like just this continued trend in like hip hop of like using like flutes and like yeah. recorder. Uh-huh. Like I want to see I, I want to see like it played on like a recorder. You could almost play like it. It just <laughs> totally. has like an awesome <laughs> beat. Um and yeah, you know it's I think yeah I I. I agree kind of with everything you said i I just i guess for me i'm still kind of getting into this album like it is it is an acquired taste and as you said it is it's experimental it's kind of messy it's long Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know he does have like kind of he puts like a lot of like reverb on his voice where it almost makes him sound like distant like and he has this obviously like pretty like trademark like deep tone and and, you know and voice yeah Um, his normal rap voice like i said he he tries things and switches it up and like yeah uh, distorts his his records in some of it i mean i give him credit for trying out and 
testing, you know, so many mm-hmm. different kind of styles and soundscapes. It's like, it's hard to tell sometimes on the album if it's like, if it's like nonsense that you're listening to or just like actually like ahead of its time, you know? And I think yeah. I saw in an interview yeah. that he's, he's very, he's someone who's like, I make music that's ahead of its time and is different. And I think, you know, totally. his previous album, which I didn't love, but that was also like kind of experimental. His first album, which I think Long Live ASAP, I remember being mm-hmm. pretty into, he was like mm-hmm. very buzzed about when he like first broke on the scene. And, you know, yeah, like, Goldie that song, was a problems. huge hit. Yeah. Right, Effing Problems. Oh yeah, Effing Problems too. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it was... Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, there are a few tracks, like I definitely praise the Lord, Distorted Records, which I believe is the opener. I love kind of yeah. like the fuzzy synth on that, on that uh-huh. song. It's a good flow. I can feel the, the, the bass. Yeah. Yeah. The last track, uh, featuring Frank Ocean, Purity. Yeah. That is yeah. just like a really smooth sound. Probably like. Purity, like sorry. One of the, yeah, one of the, the catchiest on the record. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I dig that track, but yeah, I'm still, I think overall still trying to like work my way into it um right it's not so. an easy like uh sort of one one listen all right i get it uh, you you kind of have to like yeah. absorb it and spend some time with it and and listen to your favorites over again i th- i would say there are like maybe four or five of the songs that if they weren't on the album maybe it would have been like a little more cohesive and mm-hmm. they don't really like add a lot to it uh in the middle there um it's probably like the low point of the album but then uh, i really like the song guns and butter and it's featuring it's featuring juicy j uh but it also uh samples a project pat song uh still riding clean and i'm a huge 36 mafia fan back in the day like that's i don't know i i think i own like 10 three six mafia cds you know i just yeah. kind of like really obsessed with on them for a while so i love to hear this song's really fascinating it it uses juicy j's voice as like part of the beat and like this project pat sample and their voices are so like interesting and unique uh it's just like a really cool way to incorporate a sample as like the beat itself i just i found that fascinating and mm-hmm. his flow asap's flow is really good on it um yeah, so the five, the first five songs is the peak of the album for me. There's a few others like Hundred spelled with forty third, like Hun four three R D is the title of the song. That's that's kind of like classic ASAP a little bit, a little more like his his recognizable voice from his first album. Um, yeah, Purity. You mentioned Frank Ocean. Yeah, I just really enjoy this. Um, the first thing I wrote down after listening to those first five songs, I was like. This album is why I love hip hop because it's mm. it knows no bounds and it's constantly searching and experimenting with new sounds and like you said ASAP himself will say he's a little ahead of his time and maybe like misunderstood in his own era maybe I don't know mm-hmm. maybe we'll look back and say that but uh yeah I just think there's a lot of creativity here and it's uh it's definitely you know, an interesting piece of work and it sounds unique and that's that's more than you can say for a lot of, uh, you know, hip hop and R&B that comes out nowadays. It's sort of just like the same old, same old. And we've gotten to a point in in rap where it's it can be boring at times. And so it's oh, yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to hear something that like really stimulates your mind instantly. And you're like, damn, like this is why this is why I fell in love with rap is because it's like, it's just different and it's new and it's always trying something new and, and searching. So, I mean, that's how it evolved. So yeah, I I love this album. I I highly recommend it to hip hop people. 
Nice, nice. So let's uh, cross lanes into the cinematic realm. Yeah. You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? We both saw Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh huh. Also, both... also released May twenty fifth. That was a big, big yeah, cultural. Everything day. we're talking about was released. <laughs> yeah, on May. that's when I saw. Pretty Hamil- much. Yeah. I, I guess I saw Hamilton the twenty third. So okay, <laughs> almost, almost on the twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, this had. I know you're going to give some quick background. I mean, obviously sure. had kind of a disastrous like production, you know, mm-hmm. uh, throughout, and you know, they're in in a number of ways, but uh. Yeah, what uh, do you want to give some some quick background yeah. on, on Solo, and then we can get into our review. Sure. So this is the second uh, a Star Wars story movie after Rogue One, which came out in 2016, uh, which made a, over a billion dollars worldwide Crazy. at the box office, and then this one to date, Solo, has made just over 200 million uh, worldwide. We're recording this uh, during on on a Saturday, so we'll have another weekend box office total. Uh, after this weekend it'll probably win the box office again and and it will it will get to a point where it's made its budget which was a uh, rumored to be about 250 million so it's going to get there but it's not going to be like this huge success that all of these new star wars reboots have been to this point so yeah this is this has to be considered like if if any has been a failure disappointment for sure yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting to call a movie that makes 200 million and in a week of failure, but like that's kind of where we are with the Star Wars world. Yeah, the expectations um, and, right. and how much money goes into making them. And right, yeah, we can get into like why I think, yeah, like you know, we'll get into I think maybe why we think this one didn't do as well as the others. Yeah, um, well, let me, end, yeah, let me uh, give a little yeah. more background before we get there. Um, so this, yeah. this movie is two hours, 15 minutes. Uh, it was directed by Ron Howard, it was originally being directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, this uh, sort of director tandem Mm -hmm. who worked together on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 21 and 22 Jump Street, and then the Lego movie. And they've done some episodes of Last Man on Earth. um, Comedy background. Yeah, another TV show I'm I'm spacing. Um, But yeah, my initial thought, I'm like looking at their career why did they get hired to direct this movie in the first place you know like i'm just confused by the whole yeah what the direction was supposed to be you know star wars does have like some humor and light moments and solo you know right. he's kind of like a, it's a playful character but I mean, uh-huh. yeah when you list off those movies like those are just pure like comedy like either right. like children's comedies or like farce comedies and it's just like yeah you know yeah they basically got fired like midway through production and they brought on you know, old, reliable Ron Howard. Classic, to, not gonna, um, not gonna get any. Yeah, just like a professional. Yeah, yeah, and who's gonna like finish the job and like mm-hmm. put it on a course that's like, yeah, just kind of. He's like reliable, so sure. And I, maybe um, that's maybe that's what hurt it, and we'll get to that. Um, right, right, right. But just getting back to like the details about this movie um, and some of the production nightmares. Like apparently they were Phil Lord and Chris Miller were like doing thirty takes on every shot and didn't really quite know like what they were going for and if they were making a comedy or was it an action movie or a heist movie and 
And it turns out to kind of be all of those things into a muddled mess <laughs> eventually. And I think maybe that's like where they were struggling. They couldn't figure out like what this movie was supposed to be. I don't know. That's just my theory on it. And, you know, you heard all these things about uh, Alden Ehrenreich, who plays mm-hmm. uh, who plays Han Solo. He's, you know, playing young Harrison Ford. To me, like you hear, I heard all these rumors that he like they had to hire acting coaches and get him on set, and he was really struggling with like how to play Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and to me, like that was not really the worst part of the movie. Um, I don't know how you felt about his performance. I thought he kind of, I thought you yeah. know the first the first few minutes, his voice is so much different than Harrison Ford's that it kind of throws you, but. After I got over that fact, I thought I thought he did a really good job of like capturing the essence of Han Solo and like sort of the charm. And I think a, another factor that helped that was this movie was written by Lawrence and Jonathan Kasdan. Uh, Lawrence is the father of Jonathan, and Lawrence wrote. Uh, he, I mean, he's a really famous screenwriter. He's written. Uh, you know, he wrote. Raiders of the Lost Ark, he wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, on the team that wrote that, a few other like classic westerns and things, and apparently he's like the Han Solo whisperer, like he he wrote a lot of the classic Han Solo lines and kind of like molded the character of Han Solo, so it kind of helped obviously to have him write this movie um, to, to capture the essence of Han. Yeah, so give me your initial thoughts. Yeah, I think, yeah, just, I guess first, because you're, you're talking about the Aaron Reich performance specifically, uh-huh. and yeah, I agree. I thought he was, yeah, he wasn't, like, outstanding, but he was good enough, and I didn't have any, like, he didn't distract me from the story. I think, you know, I was rooting for him, like, right away. He has, like, I think he has the right face, you know, for, like, a young Han Solo. Like, the haircut, yeah. obviously, is, like, on point. Um, and I thought, yeah, overall, he was better than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of my my main takeaway, and I think, I guess, we'll, we may do some light spoilers. Um, so if you haven't seen Solo yet, maybe, you know, plan to maybe put this on pause. <laughs> Don't worry, it's essentially pointless. <laughs> right, right. So I, here's, here's the thing. I, once I'm <laughs> in the Star Wars universe in one of these movies, like, especially this new crop since, like, Force Awakens onward, uh-huh. that are, like, generally, like, handled well they're visually interesting they're not like goofy you know travesties like the prequels were like i'm a pretty easy sell like Uh (laughs) this movie and maybe we're gonna differ here but like it put a smile on my face and i think that it yeah it's not this isn't a story that really peels back like the layers and digs emotionally into its characters for me like that was fine because i i was just kind of looking at it like it succeeds as like a fast-paced, entertaining, like, popcorn summer blockbuster with, like, familiar characters, faces, and beats, and, like, I'm just, like, I enjoyed myself. Like, this is kind of, like, a simpleton review. Like, I'm just, like, I sound like, you know, just, like... Well, it's a simpleton movie. It was entertaining, but, like, (laughs) what's that? It's a simpleton movie. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, it... Like, I all right, I, I agree. I didn't dislike this movie. There's nothing, like, offensively wrong with it or bad about it. But it's just like hollow. It it felt empty. Yeah, it felt yeah. totally pointless to me. Um, <laughs> like we get a little bit of backstory. We get like okay, we get the origin of how Han got his name. He you know signed up to be part of the Empire, and no one was with. It. He has no family, so he said, "Oh, you're Han Solo." Uh, the crowd cheers. <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> You know, uh, we see Chewie, yeah, Chewbacca and his, you know, 
battle Meeting fight scene. That was a cool scene. I, I liked I seeing that, that origin. Yeah. yeah, I had a smile on my face watching that. Um, you know, a few other character things. We see, obviously, young Lando Calrissian, who we'll get to, played by Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a few other younger characters that we see later in other movies, but nothing really that, like, has any implications toward the story as a whole, I would say. Like, we see how he got the Millennium Falcon and how it was Lando's ship and he won it in a playing some, uh, what's that card game called? Sabacc? Yeah. Um, right. That, like, you don't, none of us knew the rules of, so we just kind of, like, go along. Yeah, with, it's like, like yeah, oh, totally. Guess, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some, some like, it's like Star Wars poker, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But. And, and Star Wars has always had this, like, gambling side to it, and, and yeah, it seems yeah. to be part of that world. Um, right, right, right. I, I thought the first 30 minutes of the movie were different than the rest of the movie. Um, and maybe that is sort of like the tone of the original directors getting in there a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Apparently they reshot like most of the, most of everything, but yeah. uh, it kind of looked different. This movie was shot by Bradford Young. Uh, he was a cinematographer um, and he, he did uh, Arrival and it's probably the movie that got him this job. It, just the epic sort of spaceship look of Arrival and, and the tones of it and and just the it's general so, look of it. The movie was so, like, dark, like, literally. Yeah. Like, just, it was covered in this, Well, like, the first soot, half of it was. Yeah, like, this soot gray, where it was almost even, like, hard to see what was going on. I Totally. I like, you know, color filters and playing around with that, but I, I just felt like it was too dark at times, and especially... It was a little, period. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you could almost like there's probably a shot it's in the like movie the or like a yeah. sequence where it's like okay from here on out we're gonna see these characters faces because like right. this is a they, Star they Wars movie and dailies, we need to like, sell toys. <laughs> right, right. All right, yeah. This is you got your first thirty minutes of like darkness. Like let's brighten this up a bit. But um, yeah, I liked uh, you know there were two two or three like I think really impressive like action set pieces. There's that yeah. high like wire like train robbery which i thought was really well like staged and executed mm-hmm. you know like and again this kind of goes to like i'm pretty easy to please in like these star wars movies like you know like han like using like his blaster for the first time and like yeah getting into the Olympian falcon and like seeing him kind of learn how to fly it and kind of like mm. you know things clicking and like it's just like oh damn this is like this is han solo flying the falcon for the first time this yeah is, like, the kessel run i was like this is <laughs> awesome yeah like, just you see the, see, the you know, kessel I, run I, that know. he did in under 12 parsecs which is you know a geeky right. thing from uh a new hope i think is when he first mentions that and it's kind of like his his claim to fame that he did it in under 12 parsecs uh but the so you said like it was cool to see him fly the falcon for the first time totally i agree uh that kind of gave me a little chill or whatever but I think we missed the best aspect of young Han Solo, which was going to be him training and learning to be a pilot. Right. Like they, they yada yada, they skipped three (laughs) years ahead. It's like, okay, he left to be, to go to the empire and and train to be a pilot. And then three years later, cut to middle of a battle scene where we don't know where we are, what the hell's going on, who, who Woody Harrelson is at all, who uh, Tandy Newton played Val, uh, like, who are these people? What are we doing? Uh, what yeah. happened during those three years? Those three years were the movie that I would have liked to see. Uh-huh. Not all of this stuff, like, blending this world into the, the old world or new world. However you look at the yeah. timeline. Freaking confusing. Yeah, there are definitely, like... There, yeah, there are... I mean, yeah, I'm not going to fight. Like, plotting issues and, and di- you know, in some, like, you know, corny dialogue. I mean, it, it was, like, 
I did find myself asking, like, wait, what planet are we on again? Like, it planet hops quite a bit. Like, mm-hmm. why are we here? Right. Some of the character turns were kind of, like, head-scratching, but they don't really yeah. make, like, hard stances on the character. Like, right. a lot of the characters, like, they're kind of like, I'm kind of good but bad. And, yeah. But, like, they're not, they didn't really make, like, these, like, hardline decisions on them. That's um, what I'm getting at. It just kind of felt hollow and, and empty and pointless in a way. Um, sure. What, I, what I like, you, you know. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you know, just, like, small details, but, like, how clean the interior of the Falcon Oh, was. You know, first, like just seeing yeah. it, like, in, you know, when it's, like, brand new. Uh-huh. You know, I know you mentioned Donald Glover, who we, you know, showered praise on. Right. Certainly so, our previous podcast. As Lando, I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Oozing with charm. I was making kind of reference. modernized the stories in, yeah. in certain ways. I was making reference um, to his cape collection at the beginning of this, this podcast. That was <laughs> Yeah, I, was I mean, making. the cape. Yeah, yeah that... That's a really cool touch. I've yeah. actually bought a few capes since then. I've been <laughs> right. I'm currently stroking my uh, black silk cape. <laughs> right. I go into Prospect Park and just wear capes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, ultimately, though, for me, it's like kind of just going back to what I said. In the first place, it's like I, I don't feel compelled for whatever reason, like just to really nitpick it too much just because I was like kind of very entertained throughout. I had, yeah. I had the good pace. And like, like I said, like, when it comes to these new Star Wars movies, I kind of, I like them all to various degrees. And like, they haven't just, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, I know I'm in more into the Star Wars universe than, than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I so that's kind of like where, where, where I stand. Yeah. On I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't leave this movie saying to myself that sucked, but I didn't, <laughs> I, I just basically felt yeah. nothing. I, I was flatlined throughout this entire movie. <laughs> Um, you know, like I just, it, your blood not, yeah, just did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just sort of like, like looking like at it. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cracked a smile once, uh, the line I'll quote him when Alden Ehrenreich playing Han Solo's and talking to Amelia Clark, who plays his, his love interest in the story. I thought she was really good by the way. Um, I, I just, I love her. Um, she's a really, Khaleesi. really good actress. Um, but yeah, she, he goes, I am not the good guy. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I just, right. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. She's like saying, but you're the good guy, Han. I can't be with, you know, like, he, and he's yeah. trying to convince her that he's a bad boy or whatever. I thought that was funny. Uh, that's right. the one, one chuckle I got in the movie. Interesting. Um, I had a few, yeah, I had a few, few more chuckles. Um, yeah. Did you, you want to uh, talk? Well, ahead, I wanted to mention quickly. Um, so getting back to Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian real quick. Um, did you catch when he was, during that uh, one of the battle scenes when he's holding back on the uh, on the Falcon and he's like sitting in the captain's chair and he goes he's like doing a little um, hologram recording of his face and he's like uh, the Calrissian Chronicles Volume Five and he's telling some story of of his background or whatever and then he gets cut off. So I'm I'm intrigued and interested oh, yeah. if you kind think kind of like the web series thing that Yeah, is is the next uh Star Wars story going to be called The Calrissian Chronicles perhaps? Yeah, I mean I know he's gone on record saying like he would love to do a spin-off just on Lando. Yeah. Um I know that it's been it rumored. just confirmed that like they're going to do a Bubba Fett movie with James Gandolfini right. who did like Logan and 310 right. Hero, which could be just given that director, Bubba Fett's like such an overrated character, but like mm-hmm. that could be cool. Ryan Johnson's doing like his own uh, Star Wars trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. The Benioff and Weiss, the Game of Thrones showrunners, are Ugh. doing their own. Like, it, I mean, it's going to be a lot of Star Wars, but I think it'll be interesting to see, as we said in the front, like 
this movie struggled at the box office. I think opening weekend, it only made half as much as Rogue One, the last oh, wow. Star Wars story. Yeah, it was like and, 84 million domestically. Yeah, I think it's like, there's a couple of reasons that come to mind. I mean, one, you know, it may be fatigue. Like, it was just last December that we had The Last Jedi, and previous to that, we've been having these every every uh, December since, like, 2015. I, I It is interesting that this one... It was the first release in the summer as part of this new saga. All the other mm. ones have been around Christmas time. You know, the lead, uh, Aaron Reich, who, you know, we both liked, you know, not a well-known actor or face. That doesn't really usually help with, with box office returns. Yeah. You know, it was also competing against his Memorial Day weekend. It opened the NBA Finals, like two Game 7s were going <laughs> right. on. Like, you know, that that kind of dominated a lot of the conversation. Um, still, though, I mean, Solo, it's the most he's probably the most beloved character in the entire franchise. This franchise is like the most beloved in, you know, film history. Yeah. I, I, I so I am kind of surprised. And I, I think, you know, was also like under marketed in a way. Like if you remember, we didn't even see a trailer or like poster for this until like five months ago, like during right. the Super Bowl. They almost tried um, to, to, to bury it and like hide it for as long as they yeah. could. <laughs> and part of that had to do with like how many changes they had to make during production. I'm sure yeah. that pushed back the marketing schedule, but yeah. still like we were for, you know, Last Jedi, Rogue One, um, Force Awakens, we were seeing teasers and trailers like a year out and it was like oh, a yeah. much better kind of like rollout. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how this, you know, we mentioned all these other Star Wars projects in the works, like if it recalibrates how, Star Wars movies are made in the future. I doubt they'll be releasing ones in the summer for a while. They're probably going to go back yeah. to December and, you know, try to maybe look at some things differently. But yeah. anyway, it, it will I, be interesting um, to see yeah. how this affects the the landscape of these releases and how they, I mean, maybe it's good for them to have a failure to, I mean, quote unquote failure, like I said, um, just to like re realign what the the message and sort of direction of these releases is supposed to mean and be and like how they incorporate it into the entire world of these movies and you know now it's part of disney and it's part of disneyland and disney world you know it's like it's bigger than just a movie you know this is this is like one of the biggest cultural uh yeah. you know elements of of the earth you know like right yeah, it's, yeah. No, it, I mean, it yeah. almost can't be overstated but uh yeah so i wanted to mention say? quickly yeah yeah well before we get to that uh warwick davis a couple cameos that i enjoyed uh warwick davis who played one of the original ewoks in return of the jedi mm. he played wicket in the suit but he also was in willow and he had some show on hbo about his life and i i like to see him in there um and then the two uh cgi characters well i think there's there's plenty of cg in this movie but uh the two like main cg characters were l337 or l337 and rio who's like the pilot during that train robbery heist scene which was a great sequence by the way i i liked that part of it um but Rio was played by John Favreau, yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the director, movie. yeah, of Iron, Iron Man, Man, writer, In actor, Lion King, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, L three is played by Phoebe Waller Bridge, who is a an actress and a, a writer. Uh, she wrote actually four episodes of Killing Eve, including um, the first two episodes, which we talked about on our last podcast, and I thought were the the two best episodes of that show or that season, excuse me. Um, so yeah, just some, and you know, Amelia Clark, I mentioned Paul Bettany, uh, Woody Harrelson, Donald Glover, Woody Harrelson, Tandy Newton plays Val. 
yeah, so a lot of like really big uh, actors in this movie. So I don't know. It was it was fun. And... What was your final rating? Would you say? All right. Um, I, I'm no. I'm. It's not bad. Like I'd probably give it like a a seven, seven okay. out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Or like a yeah, six point yeah. no, five. Yeah. I'm I'm going right now because of you know what I would like. It, it just kind of succeeded the way I wanted to succeed Mm -hmm. i'm giving it like an eight an 8.1 okay i would say just a a hair over eight yeah um so yeah yeah that is that is solo a star wars wow so you're so i just want to get back so you're saying you liked this more than avengers infinity war then um if you're interesting yeah it's based on your rating sure yeah you got all my ratings in front of you (laughs) (laughs) wait wait so you're saying that um you know i i probably end to end enjoyed it more obviously infinity war like okay it takes more challenges and like has more you know there thematically and is probably like more of an accomplishment in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but i just from like a pure entertainment level and like what my like entertainment like appetite was sure. when i was seeing both i yeah. i enjoyed solo more yes. okay but hey it's tough to rate movies when you've seen them once and you know right, right. we can get into this deeper later but it's it, you know it has to do with a lot of conditions uh you know how you felt during that moment and in that day and what did you have to eat did you have to pee? Uh, we've we've talked about <laughs> i was this at the before, alamo but... I, I saw it in the boat in yeah. the same setting at the alamo I had two craft beers. Nice. Um, I had popcorn. So, you were, so you were primed. Both, right, yeah. right, right. So, shout um, out to Darth Maul. Thank God. Yeah, he's not that in there. too. I mean, I, I don't really. Like, <laughs> right. Um, who so, cares? They're like, how does that apply to the rest of the story? Who yeah, cares? Right. <laughs> um, so, I guess yeah. To wrap things up, I wanted to just quickly talk about my experience in Hamilton. Yeah. Which is obviously everyone knows what Hamilton is, this Broadway musical started heard you of know, it. several years ago by uh-huh. Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's no longer, it's not the original cast that changed over a few years ago, but uh-huh. still is like the hottest ticket in New York. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big theater guy at all. Like, mm. I enjoyed Book of Mormon a lot, like obviously Hamilton, which I'm going to get to. Um, but I'm not, I, you know, I cannot analyze <laughs> theater, you know, like the way we talk about movies or music or whatever, yeah. but... I do want to say because Hamilton is so transcendent, I just wanted to quickly talk about my experience. And yeah, I have I, not. I have not seen it yet, by the way. Yeah, so I I I want to shout out Becky's parents, my girlfriend Becky. Yeah, uh, Donna Michael, they hooked us up with tickets here. She nice. finished her third year of med school, which is obviously a huge accomplishment as well. Yeah. So that's Congrats. how we, we they got tickets back in like November, and we we nice. saw it in May. So that's how far in advance you kind of needed to get them. But yeah, thank you for hooking us up there and. I want to say everyone I know who sees Hamilton, they're just like, it exceeds the hype. And there is a reason for that. It is spectacular. Uh Uh, You know, it's in this theater, this like tiny cramped theater. I would say a tall man such as yourself would not do too well (laughs) in the seats. Like I was struggling a little bit. Like I, you know, Uh there's no, you can't really stretch out at at these these Broadway theaters. But I mean, just right off the bat, like the rhymes, like the entire thing is done through song and it's mostly hip-hop i think kind of everyone knows that right and just like the everyone in the cast like we talk about pusha earlier like i would say these cats in hamilton are like some of you know the the, the best mcs on this podcast that we've yeah. talked about like in a way i mean they're just super talented 
Yeah, and, you know, getting into, like, articulation, and because right. the story relies completely on this song, like, it's so hard to yeah. tell the story, you know, all through these lyrics, but they're able to do it, and it comes at you very fast, like, if you don't, if you're my, like, if you don't pay attention to the lyrics, oh, for, like, I'm 30 sure. seconds. Like, I, I, was, yeah. I wasn't gonna say I followed everything, because it, it is, like, just a lot to digest, but, sure. you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, when he wrote it, he wanted to you know, pay homage to a lot of, like, 90s hip-hop. There's, like, mm-hmm. Biggie and Jay-Z and Nas references, like, oh, nice. in the lyrics. Like, there's a song called, like, Ten Dual Commandments. Oh, um, nice. You know, uh, you know, obviously paying homage to the Ten Crack Commandments by uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. The It has, like, in the second half, so it's, like, two and a half hours. There's, like, a 20-minute intermission. And the huh. second half, it really does get, like, fairly emotional. It kind of crescendos into these themes. Like, I mean, obviously it's the story about Hamilton coming to America and the foundations of our country. And it's, it's very much like an American history tale, but uh-huh. it does get into these themes of like, just like humanity and compassion and like legacy. Hmm. And I, you know, I, I think the most striking moment for me when I was experiencing it was, you know, there's this moment where like Hamilton's son dies as like gunned down mm-hmm. and you could really hear in the audience. I mean, there are like a couple, at least a couple hundred people in the audience, like, getting like very like dusty because it's like it's mm. not that we cared so much about the son you know the son of Hamilton's character that wasn't really yeah. like that much of a focus but it kind of sw- the whole you know play or you know show like sweeps you up so much oh yeah that you kind of just like you, you just you just get wrapped up into it and like mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people you know old people in the audience people that have had a full life and unfortunately have like experienced like loss in this way you know sure. and it, I just for like five minutes and you know, the music gets quieter and you could just really hear hmm. a lot of like coughing and stifling, you know, it was something uh-huh. that just like very, it struck me. I was like, Oh yeah. People are like really uh, emotionally connected to this right now. Yeah. I've um, heard it's, it's extremely engaging and, and kind of like you said, sweeps you off your feet and you get way more invested in the story and the characters and the actors on stage. And that's just an element of theater that you can't, replicate in movies necessarily all the time it's just mm-hmm. you see these people it right in front of you and that's a human being you know like it it's it just has a different level of emotional weight if it's done properly totally and i, I think they use the stage in like interesting ways and with like you know the hip-hop beats and you know the way hamilton's mur- i don't think it's a spoiler to say like you know he dies in like a duel with uh what burr <laughs> um and just like the way that's portrayed like it's hard to explain it i won't like spoil it but it's just it's really like stunning like performance art uh-huh. and really like just beautiful and like it's just i don't know it was awesome so yeah i mean i recommend hamilton um, nice. i mean i'm not gonna go on a, a limb here you know but <laughs> yeah you know as i'm sure it's and people have told anyone <laughs> check it out i know yeah, it's been expanded. there's a reason it's the not... tickets are like a thousand dollars each <laughs> right yeah, yeah and it's just um it's you know obviously started in new york and they do you know shows every night for it but i think yeah. it's it's it, you know they're doing it in DC. I think like in most like major cities. I think like mm-hmm. in Chicago, probably like in LA. You know, I think in San Francisco. Like I think it had a run it, so. here, but I, I did not get to it. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. That I just wanted to uh, hit on Hamilton, our first uh, Broadway musical talk on nice. the pod, checking yeah. boxes. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think that is gonna do it for this episode. I must go yeah. faster. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Reminder to rate and review us on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we'll be back uh, soon with uh, a new episode. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Share with your friends and family. We really appreciate it. See you all soon. Well, won't see you. Talk to you soon. Peace, Ben. Peace.